The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Put your pencils down, because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Welcome, weary scholars, to a special study session of the Star Seminar. Yes, we are having a quiet little study session here by candlelight to prepare you for the final that you've been studying for all semester long. We are going to employ, as any good teachers would, the Socratic method and just ask each other questions about what's going on with our Dallas Cowboys. And who is going to be asking those questions, you ask? I'm glad you asked because, as always, I am joined by the great, the esteemed, the internationally renowned scholar of Cowboysology, the great Dr. Danny Phantom, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great. I don't know about the international things. You know, I I, uh, I don't think I have much of a, a following with uh, people outside the, uh, outside hey, the if, country. If, if there's one guy in Finland who's listened to your podcast once, you are international. That qualifies. Okay. I, you know, I'm I'm doing good, Rabs. I'm, I'm excited about what's coming up, you know, in the second season. Um but, you know, at the same time, I'm also, uh, have, you know, I'll be honest, I'm, I get a little bit depressed this time of year because I know that it's just a matter of time and our beloved football season will be over. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit depressing. I mean, I know you, like myself, we, we love the offseason, thankfully. So the offseason is um, eventful and there, it offers up plenty of treats uh, for, for sure. But at the same time, it's also not Cowboys football. So that, that little lull from going football to no football to, you know, to football again, it's, it's, it could be a little bit, you know, you get to start to be a little bit sad about it, but I wanted to ask you, I don't know if you're wired like that. How, how do you feel at this time of year when, you know, like this, you know, the, you know, once we get in the postseason, that this could be it, you know? 
You know, that's a great question. And as a way to answer that, I'll remind you of a conversation I believe we had earlier in the season around October when I said that I th- I think October is the best month of the year. Not only because like it's fall in the east where I live, uh, the leaves are changing, there's a little bit of cool in the air, but there's still some nice sort of Indian summerish kind of days. But the, it's the best time for sports because you've got the beginning of college and pro football, and then you've got the meaningful part of the baseball season as the pennant races really get down to the wire. And then, of course, you jump into the into the baseball playoffs. And um, so conversely, I think the worst month of the year, the sporting calendar is February. There's no baseball at all. Mm. There is hockey and basketball. For those of you who are hockey and basketball fans, I happen to follow both college and pro basketball. But um, pro basketball in particular seems to be the kind of game where in february most of the most of the guys are playing at like 65 to 70 percent of effort and uh, that's why the the nba playoffs are so great is because you see a lot more effort and and the game's just kind of you know there's just a a, a whole different level um and of course the ncaa tournament is one of the great sporting events uh on the annual calendar for me but until that happens um, there's not much. So really for, for me, from the Super Bowl to March Madness is the, is the doldrums. And, and that doldrums, those doldrums are extended, of course, when our beloved Cowboys are either not a playoff team or are summarily eliminated from the playoffs. You know, if, if they continue to play, it staves off and holds off the, the, the doldrums for a while. But they are there nonetheless, and I do see them on the horizon. So it's basically like a gathering storm cloud on the horizon. I know we have some sunny days left, but that cloud can come in and swiftly dash you know, um, our little picnic that we're having. And so, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely. And so for me, it's really like March madness starts to happen and then pitchers and catchers. And, and we, you know, we, and we start to get into like opening day of baseball and then, um, almost immediately thereafter the NBA and NHL playoffs start and we're off and we're off you know, NFL free agency happens in, in, um, you know, in March, but it's getting through February, dude. It that's a tough month. It's a really tough month to get through. And yeah. so I know it's coming. It's coming, man. We're already we're we're already about a week into January. It's not going to be long. Right. No, for sure. And and you're right. Basically, when free agency gets here, things start to you know you start to get a little bit excited about things because 100%. then then you're then you're not that far away from the draft. And I know that you know both of us really enjoy that part of it too. So and then you got. Then you start getting, you know, yeah, after the draft and then you get close to training camp, all this stuff. So everything starts to pick up. But I, I will say that 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 moment when, you know, like like last year when those seconds ticked off and that couldn't get the snap off and and people are saying, that's it. The game's over. And just that feeling that, you know, that's it. That there's no more football. And this is it. Our Cowboy season is over. And of course, unless you're hoisting the trophy, it's it's always going to end in disappointment. So you're you just it always comes with that, you know, that sadness. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I, I know that it's, you know, you know, I how I am, how I work. I'm, I'm a numbers guy. So I know statistically speaking, that's how it's going to end for the Cowboys. And, and you know, pretty overwhelmingly, unless this is the year we defy the odds. Uh, and that's always in the back of your mind. Um, and it could be a little bit a little bit depressing for sure. But what's not depressing, you know, is we still got a football game, you know, going yes, on sir. Sunday. And uh, so, Rabs, what do we got going on today? Well, as I intimated uh, during the introduction, we are going to have a special little study session. It's just going to be the two of us. We're not going to have a guest. You know, we, we talked about potentially having a guest uh, from the commanders. And then once it was determined that they wouldn't be playing 
you know, and it, it, who knows who they're going to be playing, but they're, they're not, they're not playing their starting quarterback. Um, they're, they're not uh, probably going to be super fired up. They don't have much to, they don't have much to play for because they've been eliminated from the playoffs. So because of that, um, we just sort of felt like it would be a little bit weird to have a guest on who, whose function would be largely to let us know who wasn't playing. Right. And so instead of that, uh, we thought it would be a lot more interesting to talk about the myriad possibilities that are, that are in front of us as Cowboy fans, as this team prepares for the final week of the season. And then of course uh, the first playoff game. So let's, let's just jump into that. Um, I, I, let me, I'll, I'll open it by saying, um, so we've got that, we've got some, clarity about the playoff picture but mm-hmm. it's not all the way clear you know and and there's a lot more clarity than was even two weeks ago so you know before the eagles game um on christmas eve there was maybe maybe uh, certainly less overall clarity uh maybe more clarity in a way about the cowboys because we felt pretty clear that they weren't going to win the division right you know if it, it seemed highly highly unlikely well um you know, of course, since then, the Cowboys have gone 2-0 and and the Eagles have gone 0-2. So now it's an actual possibility. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Eagles have, have not taken care of business against the Saints and, frankly, looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is some wiggle room. So I guess th- in some ways, though, that presents some problems. We have the rust versus rest problem. We have we have some other we have some you know other issues. So I guess, you know, let me let, let me start by asking you. Um, where where do you sit? Are we on the same page? Do you think in terms of uh, this is a we got it. We got to you know pull out all the stops. We're going to go for it on fourth down, man. We're preparing all week. With our starters win at all costs type of game situation. Um, where do you land in terms of the rust versus rest? When when at the same time, boy, did this look like a tired team against against the Titans? Yeah. Where, where are you thinking? This is it's a it's a very it's a good question and it's one that's. I kind of have gone back and forth with, and um, I know, first off, and we can talk about this in more detail if you'd like, but the, there's no, I haven't found any like real um, meaningful data as far as the rust versus rest thing. So I don't have a, I don't have an opinion really about, I always prefer to stay healthy. So that's, I lean towards that, but I will say this, you know, I, I thought we were pretty much, you know, dead in the water in the sense we, we got the fifth five seed and that's where we're going. So my mind started thinking about let's, you know, preparation, let's just, let's just concede and, and start, you know, making, getting ourselves prepared for the wild card round. Um, but as you said, there's some things that's happened and, and it's not just, you know, like the saints game was a little, that was unexpected. I, I wasn't expecting it. I thought the Eagles would just finish it and be done with it and uh, didn't happen. So, so, so the, the division is still, up for grabs and also to the Vikings lost, which means the seeding is also there. There's some maneuverability there, not just the one seed, which obviously the Niners are in the mix too. So to get the one, we would not only need to win Philly lose, and we'd also need San Francisco to lose too, to get the one. So that's, that's still seems like a long shot to me, but the Vikings, the Vikings have lost. So we would get, we would move ahead of them. So I guess, with now you have the one, the two, and the five in play, it kind of makes it a little bit more of a, you just got to go for it sort of thing. So I think that's what's what they got to do. Um, I listened to McCarthy, McCarthy's presser, and he, to me, he answered the question for me. Um, I was 
You know, they asked him. He gave kind of a general answer, but how he did it and his mannerisms to me told me basically uh, we're, we're going to try to win the game. Uh, but we're also going to be keeping our ear, you know, on that Philly game. And uh, they'll, they're going to know what's going on. And they're, they won't be in the win at all costs situation. So I guess what I want to happen is what I think is going to happen. They're going to try to win this game and hope for the best. Who knows what will happen? But they're also not going to be silly about it. And if, you know, if they know halftime that they're, they're not playing for that one or two seed anymore, they're going to, you know, they're going to back things off and keep, keep the players that shouldn't be out there, you know, off the field. And so that, that makes me happy. So that, that's where I'm at. Well, do you feel any different? No, I think, I think, I think you have to try, right? Because, um, if if they do get the one seed, they're gonna get the they're gonna get the rest they needed, right? And, and as long as it's a possibility, I think you got to try to go for it. It's it's such an advantage and having all all your games at home. I mean, obviously the last two times the Cowboys did have the one seed, they they uh, didn't do anything with it. They lost in the first round both times or in the, in the divisional round both times. But um, that doesn't mean that it's not a huge advantage. It just means that they squandered the huge advantage uh, on the two times they were good enough to actually secure that one seed. So I think you have to go for it. One of the things that you mentioned in your in your lovely summary of everything that's sort of on the table is the fact that the Giants don't have really anything to play for either. They're pretty much locked into the sixth seed, mm-hmm. right? And, and I don't, I don't. You correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know. If there's any combination of things that can dislodge them from the sixth seed. I think that's basically where they are. Correct. They're not. They're they can't catch and, us, and nobody can catch them. Right. Exactly. Thank because the commanders lost and a couple other things happened. Right. And so, um, so the question really is, okay, so, you know, we can hope Philly loses and if they play anything like they played last week, they, they have a really good chance of losing because they looked awful and their offense was really, really bad. Um, but if the giants don't have anything to play for and, and, uh, then why wouldn't they rest their guys? But it seems like they might, they might be trying to make a game of it. And so, I think if Brian Dable had come out and said, no, 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 we're going to rest all our, we're going to rest all our starters. We're, we're trying to, you know, we're going to try to get healthy for that first round playoff game. Then it might be a, again, that might be a piece of information that could help us to make a decision for the way that, uh, or the, you know, the Cowboys coaching staff to make a decision for the way they want to proceed. But it, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the last thing I, I heard was it seems like the giants are going to try to go for it because that's sort of, this is a first-year head coach who's still working on building culture. And I think for him, that matters more than a, d- a dude's getting banged up because he wants a team that's tough. He wants a team that, uh, you know, doesn't ever – doesn't practice letting up, et cetera. So you see this is a team that rolled over in recent years, and he doesn't want to see that again. So as long I, – I, honestly, I think that the Giants continue to get better every week. I think that Brian Dable's – uh, and and he has some really good coaches, and, and Wink Martindale is a really great defensive coordinator. They got a shot, dude. They got a shot. And so, given that, I, you you have to go for it. Yeah, I. So that's it's it's weird, Ravs, because I I think you, you look at that situation, and I think every situation is different. People try to always say it's either this or that, but I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, I think that they're in the case of the Giants, with you know they got some young players, and they and they're trying to achieve certain things. So I do see them trying to you know to, to play hard and you know and try to keep that momentum going too but at the same time they're they're also not 
they're not going to be silly about it. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be cautious. You know, we, and I could see them kind of letting the foot off the gas in the second half. I mean, there's no reason it it, it gains them nothing to win that game. It's it's kind of more like a preseason game in the sense of there's things you want to accomplish, uh, but obviously health is got to be at the forefront of that. So I'm not like looking to the Giants to like come in and and deliver a big a big blow, but I do think that they can come in and if they play well. Uh, and Philly con- continues to struggle, that it, then, it could, you know, there's a, there is a chance. And I'll throw this out there, too. And this could be, you know, I know we don't really go, uh, you know, play into the conspiracy thing there. But I want to ask you straight up, do you think that what happened a couple years, in 2020, with uh, what, the, what the Eagles did in the finale against Washington that cost the Giants, you know, the division, do you think that that has any play into this? Like, would they like to have a little bit of payback? I mean, I, I know we would like to believe that to be the case, but do you think so? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, it, you know, every team's so different. I, I think it's 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 the rare it's the rare instance in which those those grudges last, you know, much. Um, that would surprise me. I mean, like, you know, if, if, the, if after the game, you know, maybe a couple of the old heads might be like, yeah, that felt good to get them back or something. I mean, I think that they, they might be feeling a little bit of that, but like, you know, the giants are a really young team. They got a lot of guys they brought on since that game happened. So I, I don't know. I, um, it doesn't, it seems like it's lower on the list of, of motivating factors than some of the other things, which is, you know, just like we want to continue to win and, and keep momentum going into the playoffs. Cause we're going to have a, we're going to have a tough road. So speaking of tough rows, I'd I'd love to you know you you kind of gestured toward this a couple times in in the earlier conversation. I'd love to get a sense from you about what you'd like to see most from the playoff seating. Like so so given all this, this these permutations, and, there, and of course there are some really complicated permutations for the seventh seed, but that doesn't really impact any of the decision making for this weekend. Uh, it might though in, in terms of in terms of ideal playoff seating. So. What is your like? If it, what's the what's the dream scenario, or like let's rank a couple of different scenarios that that we would like to see happen, so we sort of know where our rooting interests are for this final weekend. What, what's the what's the? I, I can imagine what it is, but just, let's just be clear about this. What's the best case scenario for you? Well, obviously, us getting the one is the right is the best case. Yeah, and um, and the, after that, it gets tricky because it really. It's like, well, what do you, who do you, are you most worried about? Because typically when I go through these scenarios in my mind, I'm thinking like, what would be the most difficult for our most formidable challenger? You know, and to be quite honest, I'm not even sure who that is. I would, I would have, I would have said Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm, I'm equally worried about San Francisco. Uh, so to me, one of those teams to have to play the Packers would probably be as much as you know we don't, you know we don't want to have to see Aaron Rodgers ever again. Um, we certainly wouldn't mind uh, him showing up and doing some of the Cowboys' dirty work, you know, for them. And because not only you know if they were to able to knock knock off one of the, you know one of the top, tougher opponents, then it, it changes things about. We don't have to play the toughest opponent, you know, because they're the lower seed. And also, you throw in the, the mix of home, you know, Cowboys getting a home game. So, 
it's really tough. So I'm, I got to throw this right back at you, Rabs, is for me to answer your question, who, who's who's the most feared challenger in the NFC to you? San Francisco by a wide margin. Okay, so that's not even question. That's not even hard for you. So it's San Francisco. No, no. Okay. I, I actually, I thought, I thought, I thought for about six weeks at least that they were a better team than Philadelphia. They, and I think that they're a worse matchup for the Cowboys than Philadelphia is. Okay. Because their defense, because the, the Philadelphia has a pass rush, but they don't really have much in the back seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, they they have they have okay corners, but I think their corners have been really helped by their pass rush, which has weirdly gotten more sacks than those great, like you know. Um, Reggie White, Clyde Simmons, Jerome Brown defensive lines that they had in the late 80s and early 90s, um, which are, you know, one of the top two or three defensive lines I've, I've ever seen. Um, I just, I, I, I feel like their pass rush has made up for a, a, a litany of, of mediocrities else, elsewhere on the roster. Um, and I, I think that, I think their offense, you know, and their offensive system has been exposed with the, the injuries to their best tackle and to their quarterback. So at any rate, I, I just think that I think San Francisco is a tougher team. I think I think San Francisco is a, a a more bullying team. Their their offensive and defensive lines are really big and really strong and really tough, and they scare the heck out of me. So, um, so let let's just talk about the scenarios we we painted. So if we have if 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 the Cowboys do, by some miraculous chain of events, get the number one seed, that would mean that San Francisco lost this weekend. Correct. Right. And it would also mean so that would would that mean that San Francisco is the third seed? Um, assuming the Vikings win. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so in that case, uh, the the Cowboys would play in, unless either the Giants or the Packers or whoever wins. The Cowboys would play the winner of the, the Eagles and Buccaneers game. Correct. Do you have a preference in terms of that win? Well, I would want the Bucks to beat the Eagles. Yeah. Because because they're the Eagles or because you fear the Eagles more? I fear the Eagles more. I yeah. I, I, I think I would agree. I, and I, I mean and, and them beating the Eagles and the Eagles end up losing this you know, closing the season with four straight losses or yeah, it would be um nothing short of delicious. Yeah. It's uh, the only thing that kind of worries me about that is if if Green Bay gets in and then they you know, they would actually go in and play they would play the Vikings because they would be the you've two. Been, yes, you've anticipated anticipated my next question, right? Which is that if if those are the if those are the um, well, so that's actually the thing that's interesting because Green Bay in round one would play the second seed. Correct. And then right, and so and so that, let's imagine that Minnesota wins and San Francisco. Well, San Francisco would have to lose. They would have right, to lose. If they, if they're not going to be the number one seed. So they would be the three if the Vikings win. So that would be really interesting because the Packers would, be, would play the Vikings and I think could easily be the Vikings. So that would be obviously terrific for the Cowboys because they'd be playing theoretically the worst team in the NFC in the, in the divisional round. But that's a great question. Do we want to face the Packers yet again when we haven't beaten them since the days of Aikman and Irvin? Yeah, it is. And here's the thing. It's, I guess if I'm being honest, my questions are so dependent on other things. Like, I wouldn't want to play the Packers in the divisional round, even at home. It was like, here we go, 2016, you know, and we're the top seed, and here comes the Packers. And uh, that, that to me, does not sound appealing. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if we're the five, then I want the Packers in. Because, you know, I want the Packers to 
to beat the two seed and then you know they will have to face the tough the top seed remaining and then give us an easier second round so there's a lot of moving parts to this and it's tough so i guess really when i think about this i i like i said i'm a numbers person and i know that the chances of the cowboys to get the one seed is still slim it's still slim right. um i i don't see philadelphia uh you know losing and uh and even if if they did lose i don't see san francisco losing so that first round by is not happening i'm just you know it's 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 a long shot it really so, long shot really yeah. long shot so because of that i'm i'm trying to condition my mind about what i want to happen in this this universe where i think the cowboys are going to live and uh right. and that means the five it's i mean it mostly means the five most likely the five and i i agree so let's talk let, let's reframe the question what what then is the ideal playoff playoff seeding given or assuming rather that the cowboys are the five seed yes and i think well i mean obviously we're stuck with tampa bay who by the way will get the rest of their players because because they did win last week that was uh -huh. that was one one of the top of my things i wanted to to not happen because of that very thing um, so we'll have basically facing the Bucks team coming off a bye for all intent and purposes. Uh, so that's happening. And then looking at the other um, situations, I, I mean, I think like Philly, Philly wins, they get the first round bye. Uh, I think Green Bay is going to win. I think I, I think they're going to be, they control their own destiny. They don't need any help from anyone else. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, we'll, might as well just clarify this. If Detroit does win, obviously the Packers are eliminated. And Detroit now, they are dependent on what happens with Seattle. So yeah. if Detroit wins, they need Seattle to lose, and then Detroit would get the, the seventh seed. If Detroit wins and Seattle also wins, then Seattle gets the seventh. So that's that's how the scenarios work. Green, Green, Green Bay needs no help. They win, they're in, that's it. And it's as simple as that. So assuming Green Bay is a seven, then you got the Giants at the six. Uh, you, if, if you look at the matchups then, you know, San Francisco is now the two seed. They have moved ahead of Minnesota because Minnesota lost last week. So they're the two seed. So San Francisco and Green Bay, I tell you what, that to me, I feel like this is the best opportunity for the Cowboys to to get a favor. And be, I mean, because they those, these teams played each other last year. Uh, San Francisco beat them. It was like a defensive battle. I, I remember it was like there was a block mm -hmm. punt because a local kid, Talano Tal Hufanga, um, actually recovered it for the touchdown in that game. Um, and um, so, yeah, I mean, so the Packers could be looking for a little payback there, you know, to, to and, and, and that would be great if they can knock off, you know, a Titan like um, San Francisco. Um, so that would be great. And honestly, I, I don't know what to expect from Minnesota, New York. I think they're pretty evenly matched. Uh, and honestly, whoever comes out, doesn't mean anything to me either as far as like i don't fear either i feel like whoever gets to play them is going to have an easy path to the the next round so in that scenario wrap so now i've uh, this is who's left i'm gonna I'll tell you who's left and you tell me what you think okay so eagles with the bye you can pick the winner of packers in san francisco and the winner of the in minnesota and say dallas gets by tampa bay so what are you how are you feeling right now with this scenario i mean do you are you liking this course or would you would you prefer to see something else happen? 
Well, I think in that in that instance, the very best scenario would be that all three visiting teams win because that would mean that the Packers would go to Philadelphia and the Cowboys would host the Giants. Oh, yeah. That's that's right? true. That's true. And and so so that would be incredible and and completely unforeseen. But I think the next best scenario well, let's, is hey, that Rabs, let's back up. Let's 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 back up with I mean, I heard your words, but let's I don't know about the unseen part because, you know, like I said, we put we put the situation most likely to happen. You know, Dallas in the five, Eagles got the one, yeah. Packers prop, you know, good chance to, to get the seven. So for that to, to happen exactly like it needs to happen, obviously Cowboys need to win. Anything that doesn't include the Cowboys winning, we don't even care about. Anyway, Cowboys win, and the Giants in Minnesota, I mean, to me, I feel like that's, almost a coin flip anyway. But so really what we're asking is what would only, what would need to happen would be the Packers to beat the, the 49ers. I don't know that that is necessarily that inconceivable. No, I wouldn't say it's inconceivable. So let me ask you this, given that the likelihood is that the Cowboys are the five seed and there, and therefore the three teams that we, that you mentioned earlier, Green Bay, Detroit, and Seattle, who are all vying for the seven seed. The, the highest likelihood is, of course, that the 49ers will be the second seed. And so one of those three teams will play the 49ers. Do you think the Packers have the best chance at beating the 49ers? Because I think the Cowboys' playoff hopes uh, are incre- or the, the, the likelihood of success is increased exponentially if that seven seed can knock off the 49ers. I think that, for, for a variety of reasons, because then that means that seven seed has to go to Philadelphia and the Cowboys get, uh, uh, listen, I think the two weakest teams in, in, in the play in the NFC playoffs are probably the Vikings and the Giants. And so the Cowboys would get uh, the, one of the easiest possible paths in the divisional round. Well, I will say this. I think that it's, it's, the Cowboys have two shots to skip the Eagles and then this, they, they can, if the Green Bay can't, if Green Bay can't take care of business against San Francisco, then the Giants still have a chance to beat the, yeah. to beat Minnesota. And then that will put the Giants as the bottom, the worst team, the worst seed. So there's actually two chances, but absolutely. I think that, I, I mean, Detroit's playing, they've been playing well, you know, mostly, but I really think that the the Aaron Rodgers factor is a, uh, you know, the, gives the that team the best chance to beat San Francisco. So I, I do think it if I think Green Bay is the best team that has the best chance to beat the Niners, and I I don't think they will, but it's certainly not you know uh, not impossible. So and I really think that I mean this could turn out to be something in the Cowboys favor. I mean, it looks like the, we've been kind of complaining because Cowboys have a good season, but, and have a good record, but they're st- stuck in this division battle. Now they're, they're likely to get a wild card and, but the, things can still work out, you know, fortuitously mm-hmm. for the Cowboys. If, if Green Bay can come in and, and, and hand them a little favor. And then if the Giants too <laughs> were to hand them, would uh, were to beat Minnesota, which nobody would be shocked by. Uh, Minnesota has just looked really bad at times. It's just crazy. They they either win the game or they get blown out. It seems like uh, I don't I can't really make sense of it. I, I do think um, the Vikings have the ability to play good football. We've seen some samples of it, but 
but it wouldn't be completely um, unrealistic for the Giants to win. And then, and then you're just looking at the, at that dream scenario the, in the divisional round with the Cowboys hosting the Giants, a team they've they've swept. And really, I haven't even been worried about any of the game, and you know that we any of the time that we played with them. And then you have a uh, you know uh, the the Packers and, and Eagles and with a chance that the Cowboys could host the NFC Championship. So, but it, but at the very least, this would be the Cowboys' best chances to advance to the mm-hmm. NFC Championship. So, I don't know. I really like that scenario you've you've painted in the, you know, with the Giants, you know, having some upset potential too. So, I, I don't know, Rabs. I, I feel like it's not, it's not too, there, there doesn't have to be a lot of things happen for the Cowboys to, to have a to be in a good situation. Yeah, I think that in some ways the worst scenario then would be one where the 49ers take care of business and beat the Packers or whoever the seventh seed is, mm-hmm. and the Giants, uh, the Giants beat, um, or it doesn't really matter. Giants or Vikings would have uh, no. So let's say the Giant. Let's say the Giants beat the um, beat the Vikings. That would mean then that the Giants would go to Philadelphia. And, the, and so the Cowboys have to go on the road against Tampa Bay and then San Francisco. And then if they were lucky enough to get past San Francisco, they, they didn't have to go on the on the road against Philly or host the NFC Championship game. But that would obviously be a, a much longer shot. So I think that this scenario that we're painting has some really intriguing possibilities, but it all depends, for me anyway, it all depends on that seventh seed upsetting the 49ers. And it's possible because, you know, the 49ers are a very talented team, but they're also – you know, we saw the Texans a few years ago. I think arguably the most talented team in the, in the league. They had a lot of talent, but they also had like they were playing a third string quarterback, and you know they 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 hung in there. But ultimately, like you know, if you can't if you're getting if there's a significant talent talent and experience gap with between your quarterback and your opponent's quarterback, you're gonna you're gonna suffer. Uh, I don't care how much better you are, uh, you know, among the other guys in the roster. So it's possible. It's possible the 49ers, you know, uh, have a kind of envelope that, that uh, beyond which they can't go because their quarterback is is still, you know, his learning curve and and who knows if he, you know, his mental curve and his physical curve, uh, you know, where that where they are. Okay, so I, I need to propose this to you, Rabs, just basically what you've just said there, and and the scenario that Philadelphia takes care of business and gets the one. Let's say. Phillies won. Let's say the Packers do not upset San Francisco. San Francisco wins. We beat Tampa Bay. What do you want to happen with the Minnesota Giants game? I'm basically asking you which opponent do you want. I know you told me you you want to avoid San Francisco, but in this situation, you know, Philadelphia, they're the one seed. They have um, taken care of business to wrap it up. So, are you, because because what happens in that game determines who which of the two powerhouses we have to play, and you have a pre- It's going to be a road battle either way. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess um, I'm still rooting for the Giants because there's always the chance. There's always the the outside chance that the Cowboys could host the NFC Championship game. Okay. You know, I mean, there's a chance if if the Giants like can go toe to toe with with uh, Philadelphia this weekend and, you know, and, re- and repeat the, what is it, it was 2007 when they played New England on the final game of the year and lost, but hung in there. Um, maybe get a little confidence, feel like they could, they, they were there and so a little bit better play. They can, they can beat the champs. 
Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that I think that you, you want you want the you want to keep the possibility open of of a home playoff game as late in the playoffs as possible. So that's why the one seed's the best the best option. Yeah, you get the buy, but ultimately you get you get to be at home, and that and that's awesome. And um, and so if the Cowboys can somehow engineer a situation or fall into a situation where they get to they get to be hosting a a home game, and the first time that could happen would be the well, I mean, it could happen earlier, but the first time it's likely to happen would be the NFC Championship game, then I think you've got to root for that. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's tricky because it's like, I mean, you kind of have to pick which one. Do you want to go play, go into San Francisco and play them first? Do you want to go into Philadelphia and play them first? And is there any advantage one way or the other? And I guess the only advantage would be just what you're seeing is in the scenario that the Giants win, you at least have a chance to be hosting the NFC Championship. You have a chance. You have, you a, have chance. a chance, yeah. I really, in those situations, I I actually like to root for the tougher team. Like if, if Minnesota was playing better, I would just say, you know what? I don't care about the hosting being at home. Give give that other team a tough opponent. You know, I, I don't want mm-hmm. I don't want to have to play both San Francisco and Philadelphia. I wish we could get away with only having to do one. Like if if Minnesota could beat one of them. I feel like Minnesota would have a better chance to beat one of those teams than the Giants would because I just think Minnesota is a better team. Um, yeah. So I, in, the, in that regard, I, I wouldn't hurt my feelings to see the better team win just to make it tougher there. But at the same time, the trade-off is, is you know, the chance of, of a home you know, NFC championship. But, but I want to just make it clear. We're both in, a, in agreement. We are rooting for Aaron Rodgers this weekend. Is that true? I think so. I think because of, because of the down the road, I, I'm, I'm not really scared of the Packers. I think, I think the Cowboys feel like, I mean, listen, if they hadn't choked away the game against the Packers, thanks to a couple Aaron Rodgers flicks of the wrist, uh, they'd be the number one seed right now. And they would be, We'd all be really happy about the fact that they're playing a bad team with them to play for uh, when they have everything to play for. And they'd probably go into Washington and murder the commanders. And um, obviously the, the Jacksonville game, same thing. They squandered a couple of big leads and, and they deserve to be where they are because they did that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, I think the, um, 
I still I still feel like the 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 most likely scenario is three road games against the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, the either 49ers or the or the Eagles depending on who wins the other games and then the other team because they're the three they're the, I mean I don't think that the, the Buccaneers are one of the best teams but I think that you know Brady in the playoffs is always uh, a terrifying prospect and if Mike Evans is going to continue to play like he did last week that's another ter- terrifying prospect and um it's going to have to be one of those situations where the Cowboys just rise up and slay all the demons yeah. that, that they've got and they either they will or they won't and, but that I can't think of a of a tougher scenario uh, with especially those last two games with worse matchups because the Cowboys defense struggles so much as we talked about last time uh, against teams where there's a, um, a a sort of variable running game a lot of RPOs a lot of motion a lot of eye candy um, they just they just really really have a hard time so look- against those those kind of teams and those. Those are t- good teams that do that really well. Yeah, I mean, let me just ask you. We kind of danced around it. Um, but what's your confidence level with Dallas versus Tampa Bay? Give- I, my, my confidence level is pretty high. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that the Cowboys lost, but my confidence level is pretty high. I, I, I think that that's – I mean, it's the first-round matchup that I would prefer given given the, the fact that they don't have a home game. If they have to go on the road against one of the, the four division winners, that's the one I want to play. Give me a percentage. I'd say – 65-35? Okay. You're higher than maybe, you're, maybe. you're higher than me. I'm I'm kind of like 58 was where I'm at. I mean, I mean listen, Tom Brady is is still Tom Brady. He's still he's still like a, a, a toxic level competitor and that's going to be that's going to be you know raised up in the playoffs. But that the, the the I think one of the differences is this is not the Tampa Bay defense that we saw week 1. You know, they, they they really bullied the Cowboys week one. The Cowboys receivers were smothered by their defensive backs and their cornerbacks in particular, and the Cowboys didn't even try really to run uh, inside. And I, I don't know that the Cowboys, and this is something we're going to need to talk about in a little bit because I don't know what's going on with the Cowboys offensive line, but I don't know that um, – I don't know that I don't I don't fear the defense in the same way and and he has he has a couple weapons on offense but I I'm not really afraid, afraid of their running game in particular so um if the Cowboys pass rush another thing we we're going to need to talk about um can approach anything remotely resembling its peak form I think the Cowboys will be just fine. Yeah. Well, that's a, a perfect se- segue into the next next segment. I did want to say that I you know the whole that we've never beaten Tom Brady thing um, isn't a, doesn't factor at all to me as far as why I'm worried about them. But I think it's the other things you said in this in how the Cowboys in particularly match up. The, the the Bucks can can be the Bucks are are have just been smarter than the Cowboys when they have faced them. They do they know how to work their advantages. So you know Brady gets the ball out quickly. And the Cowboys some of the things that they can't do. Um, those those things are the are are what worry me, and that's why I have it. A little, cl- a little closer to a coin flip with with the Cowboys, um, you know, favor there. But let's just move on. And one of the most burning questions I have, and I haven't, I haven't heard anything, so maybe I've just been out of the loop. But I want to ask you, what do you think is, you know, we saw what the Cowboys did when when um, Biotish came out of the game. I, I I think they're hopeful that maybe he'll be back for come playoff time. But it's let's say he wasn't like. Or even this week, like what, what do you think the offensive line arrangement is going to look like? 
I mean, my assumption is it's going to be like it was at the end of the the game last week, uh, unless they decide to swap um, Jason Peters and and um, Tyler Smith. But I don't think that they will. Why? Why? Why they'll... do you not think so? I mean, you're talking about a guy, Tyron Smith, who's been playing most of his career over there. I mean, I oh, you are you are you Tyron? I was saying Tyler Smith. I I I I think um, because I guess the I, I don't know. I, I guess the question is. Yeah, it's possible that with a week to prepare, they will move Peters to left tackle. I'm sorry, to right tackle and and Tyron Tyron Smith over to left tackle and keep Tyler Smith at left guard. Uh, it just feels like it's a lot of change. And I, I guess what I'm wondering is, if you want if you want to try to build continuity to go into the playoffs, it feels like you want as many guys in the right place as possible. Um, and I think some of that depends on Biotis. Like if they think Biotis is going to be back, then you probably want to play as many guys at the positions where they're going to be as you possibly can. It, it's a, it's a brutal situation because they're still reeling from the loss of, of Terrence Steele. I think that, I think that, you know, I love, I love me some, I mean, I love me some number 77. He's, you know, he's one of my favorite dudes. He's been a great, great cowboy, but there you can map, the absence of the running game directly on the the moment that um, Terrence Steele left the lineup. You're like something's going on. I mean, he and Zach Martin really had a thing going on that right side and Zach Martin and, and, um, and 77 don't, don't really seem to quite in quite the same way. They're not getting movement. They're getting beat. They're, I mean, the Cowboys running game has done nothing in two weeks. So, so, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like uh, it's it's going to be interesting because I think whatever they do next week is going to have to be some. If they're going to play a lot of starters, and let's assume that they do, it makes sense to me that their offensive line be is going to be in the configuration that it would be against Tampa Bay. And you could do in that case, in case in case Biotis doesn't come back. So what is that configuration? It's going to be just it's going to be McGovern at center, and it would be. Sure. Tyler, the rookie, you know, Tyler Smith on the left left guard and Zach right guard. And then the, it's really comes down to what are you going to do with the edges? And and to me, the reason I think that it would it, they I, we could see a change is because I think I would feel just more comfortable with with Tyron Smith uh, mm-hmm. protecting the, the left side versus Jason Peters. Um, to, I mean, I, I get it why they did emergency wise, you know, but to me, it was I think with a week of practice stuff that they. I think maybe the the best players would probably be swapping those guys. Um, that's... Well, so let me ask you this though. Let's say let's say that Biotis can come back week one against or you know week one of the playoffs against against the Buccaneers. Right. He's gonna he's gonna come in at center. Right. McGovern McGovern's gonna scoop back out to guard. Right. No, I actually think that that's everything else stays the same. I think this is where we go with Jason Peters. This we don't need to like, preserve him for anything else. So I think you get you get him in there and you play. Now, don't get me wrong. You know how the how the Cowboys work. You're still going to see times where they'll have, you know, Jason Peters probably won't play a full game, and you know you probably see snaps or series where you're going to have Tyron over on the right and Tyler on the left side. And, and but um, I mean, is that is that unreasonable or or do you feel better with McGovern in there versus? 
Peters. I mean, because I'll tell you what, Rabs, this is what concerns me, especially if you start talking about, you know, Farniok and you mentioned other people where, you know, the Cowboys start to lose some of that strength. You know, you mentioned, you know, they're getting beat in the running game. And a lot of it is when you don't have, when you have McGovern who gets beat, you know, you know, he does an admirable job, but he just, he gets turned and he gets overpowered. And, uh, and then of course, Ty, the rookie, when he gets his mitts on you, he's, he's powerful, but when he don't, when he's not square, he can get, he gets beat. And suddenly you got two pieces there that are just liabilities in the, in the middle. So I don't know. That's where to me, I feel like Jason Peters might be the way to go. If you play him, I've never been a big proponent of playing him, starting him in the regular season. Uh, but under these circumstances, I feel like maybe they should. It's we got to give it give it all he can right now because there's no tomorrow once you get in postseason. That's like, and I I feel like that might be the best arrangement. I don't know. I'd be curious to see how the Cowboys what they do if they do no change if they make no changes and they're gonna go with Jason Peters on the left side and they're just gonna wait for Biotis to get back and have Tyler go back and have Connor go back and. If that's their plan, then I, I mean, then we'll know if that's what they strut out there, you know, against Washington. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think whatever they do is going to have to have as many pieces in place that that will play the same positions as they will against uh, as against the Buccaneers because this is the only opportunity they have to to work together. You know, it's a it's a it's a rotten situation that that Steele and Biotis basically went went down in consecutive weeks because, um, you know, an offensive line that was good, not great, but good, was starting to at least develop some cohesiveness, and now that cohesiveness is lost. I I um I'm not sure anything we're talking about. And it's to continue our, our conversation about the, the offensive line, but also to bring in an, a, another element, which is the defensive line and the pass rush. I'm not sure that anything we're talking about matters if the Cowboys can't fix their offensive line and if the Cowboys can't find whatever is missing in the pass rush that, that, they, that they had, you know, in, in the early to mid season. Because if, if we're going to see the running game and again, you know, the running game doesn't matter, but I think, this is not a great pass blocking offensive line. Never has been. They rely on the running game to protect the offensive line and to protect the quarterback. Obviously, you can throw caution to win a little bit more in the playoffs. If if you lose your quarterback, you lose your quarterback. You're not losing for the season. You can only there's only one game to lose, right? right? So you so you go for it, and that, you know Dak runs, and you you all you all go for it because you if you get beat up, you you have the off season to re, to recover. You know. Um. But if they can't run the ball and they have to pass a lot, I think that that's going to expose a lot of the weaknesses that they have on offense that have been covered by shrewd. I know a lot of people really complain about it and think that Kellen Moore is, is um, you know, not quote unquote creative. But I think what's really happening is he's protecting his guys um, to get them to the end of games and get them to the end of the season. They've done that. But I, I don't, I don't know that, that Dak, can can survive be as great as he's been. Um, I don't know that he can survive behind this offensive line, especially this reshuffled offensive line. If they have to pass it, let's say 40, 45 times. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting, you know, we're talking about the defensive line and offensive line. And I, I feel like they both play two different styles. I think that Cowboys stubbornly run the ball 
uh, you know, on offense, and then they defensively they're they're taking all sorts of, of, of chances, um, and they kind of just cut loose a little bit. I honestly feel, and this is just how I feel, like if they were to kind of reverse those roles, like if the defense kind of played more conservative and just more disciplined, and yeah, we would be not getting the three and outs as much, but we wouldn't necessarily be giving up the big plays and the misdirections and, and you know, the, the big gains and, and, and the, on defense. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I feel like maybe, and I'm hoping that maybe they're going to just kind of cut loose a little bit on offense. And that's not to say I want Dak to just, you know, throwing it, you know, 40 plus times. I'm talking about, you know, a little bit more play action on first down and bootleg this, short stuff this, you know, get T.Y. involved and see a little bit more uh, pass first type football and then kind of let the running game work around that because they're just not getting anything going. I, I can't, they can't keep sustaining these drives with all these third down plays. They're going to have to take chances and and I think that's going to come from passing the ball and to me I I hope that you know I don't believe in like there's he's saving the good plays for later but I do hope that maybe they haven't been showing all their cards and that they have a plan and you're, you're going to see Kellen open things up a little more offensively and uh mm-hmm. and that that's what I'm hoping and then if, if that happens then you know we won't get these stuff behind the line of, you know, the teams are going to have to respect uh, the Cowboys, you know, more in the passing to where they just, if you watch that Tennessee game, it's like those guys, just, they were all coming. And I mean, don't get me wrong. They were overpowered. The guys they had in the trenches were just beating the Cowboys offensive line. But I mean, linebackers were having free shots. It's like they, they were just, they knew what was coming. They were coming after it. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys have to get teams playing on their heels and, um, and just you know, being being worried about you know the passing game, and that that comes to the question I have with you is, is that asking too much of Dak? No, I don't think it's asking too much of Dak. I think Dak is their best player on offense. I think that um, it's asking too much of their offensive line to protect Dak, and so. Uh, you know, we talked earlier in this conversation about Minnesota and how what a weird team they were, where they were either lo- winning a close game or, or losing by, a, you know, two touchdowns or more. And, um, you know, so one of the things about the Vikings this year that I think makes us think that we'd rather face them than the Giants maybe even um, is that uh, or that they're an easier an easier team to beat. It's not just because the Cowboys beat the pants off of them, but because it feels like they're more like a 500 team that's been historically and unrepeatedly lucky in close games. And I think that um, the Cowboys have been similar in that way in my in my eyes on third down. Like in the last couple, three games, there's been a lot of times where in first down and second down, they ran the ball or did some kind of quick pass, to, again, to protect the offensive line, to protect Dak and – what they're doing is is getting in too many third and six and longers, and Dak is converting them, and um and that's great. But like he's way above expectation in that regard, way above it. And I don't know that it's sustainable, and I certainly don't know if it's sustainable against a good playoff defense, and uh, and that that should be concerning. And so I don't have any doubts about Dak, but I have a I have doubts about the ability of this offense to keep Dak out of 
the, the, the kinds of situations that are very difficult to navigate for any quarterback. Like when you're getting pressured and you're in, in longer situations, you know, uh, you know, down in distance wise, um, you're just not going to be as good. And it wouldn't shock me at all to see Cowboys can't run the ball. They're repeatedly in third and seven and longer against the Buccaneers even. And Dak has to play hero ball, and he doesn't play it the same way he has been. Everyone's going to blame Dak, and it's not going to be Dak's fault. It's going to be the fault of um, all the other things that are that are conspiring to limit Kellen Moore's ability to call plays. People are saying, oh, he's not creative. He's not creative. Why is he running? He's doing that because his his players have limitations that he's doing a great job disguising, but this offense has a lot of guys with limitations. Now, the one thing that could, that could change this, two things that can change this. I want to ask you about these. How are you feeling in terms of like, you know, where's the arrow pointing for you for two guys who are on their offense? I want to hear from you about these guys. And that's um, uh, Tony Pollard, first of all, and and then uh, T. Y. Hilton, second of all. Um, so to me, I'm really concerned about Pollard's health, and I hope that we don't see a whole lot of him come Sunday. I know that he's gonna they're gonna play him a little bit. He's gonna get his 12 yards, and he's gonna get his thousand. Because I mean, geez, you know, McCarthy played Zeke to get his thousand, and and Zeke yeah. Zeke was just I mean worn down. He was he was playing on one leg. Yeah, yeah, that was insane. So I'm sure that you know he's gonna have Tony in there enough to get his 12 yards and. I hope I hope we don't see much more after that. I hope the Cowboys can kind of just, you know, take win this one convincingly, and it's more of just a more relaxing game, um, and we can kind of rest our better players, like you know, certainly like Micah and you know, and you know, Tyron and 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 uh, even CD. You know, I don't you don't want you know I get worried about him. I, mean, I feel like that guy gets he gets smacked. All, you know, so many times to where I feel like is he going to be okay? Because he's mm-hmm. he's he's slight. He's, yeah, you know, he's not like. A, a big you know, monster of a guy too, and he just—it looks like he—he he has some fragility to him. He always—he always hangs on to the ball, and he always like gets up, and he's fine. But um, I definitely worry about, you know, because he, he's—he's a, a key part to the Cowboys uh, as well, and he's really coming on strong, you know, as the seasons uh, progress too. So, um, but now now with T.Y. Hilton, I certainly liked how he's getting used in there. I, I like that Dak is, you know, he certainly has some trust in him and, and, you know, the catches that Hilton made, you know, there were a few of them that were key third down, you know, third down uh, completion. So that makes me feel good. And that's kind of why I've, I started thinking like, what if we start to see, we don't need Noah Brown playing as many reps because we're not going to run the ball as quite, you know, let's just get a little bit more with, cause let's, you, we have to admit when Prescott, as you know, when they get in those two-minute offenses, or they're like, you know, Dax fist bumping, like, okay, now we're now we're really we're serious, you know. And you see that they can when they really get going. I mean, that they just look so good. So, you know, I want I want to see that, but I think that with Hilton, you know, being used more and the Cowboys, you know, taking advantage of of what he can add to the offense, to me, I feel that makes them, you know, a, a stronger offense and i don't know exactly what we're going to see um you know this week you know uh, cowboys obviously they, they released james washington um this week and i to be quite honest i was kind of wondering what's going on mm-hmm. with him because i figured his days were pretty much over and uh and you know that was that was a one of the few you know free agent acquisitions that 
didn't work out for the Cowboys, but I mean, it cost them not, nothing. To, so no big deal there. But I, at least it shows me that they're very happy with what they, they see with Hilton. He's he's come, he's where he needs to be going forward. So, um, but I, I really think that they have the tools. What the thing that worries me is, is kind of what and you, you put this worry in me because I, I get, I worry that they're going to overrun. I feel like, you know, they're, with Zeke and with Pollard, they're just going to, I mean, if Zeke is seeing 15 plus carries in a game, we're doing something wrong, in my opinion. Um, unless we're like up ahead and we're just running to, to, to run clock. Uh, but I mean, first off, Pollard needs to be the 60% of the, the, the workload there for starters. And, uh, this is playoff time. Let's get the ball in our explosive playmakers hands. Mm-hmm. Let's not just, you know, we obviously running the ball is important, but we don't need to be just running Zeke, you know, through the, the backside of, of Biotish or whoever is you know, playing center. And so we, we, you know, I hope the Cowboys have a little more finesse about them, but I, I feel good about, about the tools they have. It comes down to, can they use them correctly? And, you know, will Prescott be, will, will he deliver, you know, will he have the, have the game where he's, he's sharp or will he be a little bit off? Um, you know, cause Quarterback's a hard job, and I know that I'm harder on Dak than than a lot of people. Uh, but certainly he, you know, I mean, if he makes the wrong read and if he tries to fit into tight coverage, you get one of those in the playoffs, and that that could be your season. So that worries me a little bit. I think I think that's the that's the scary thing about this team is that they re, they're going to need Dak to to throw to throw into tight windows to win because they're not, they're not good at running the ball. And I, I don't anticipate they're going to get any better um, be, before the end of the season. I think that that this is, this is your 2022 Dallas Cowboys is that at the end of the year, they just, they're just not capable of running the ball much. And let me you know, unless they get a little crease and Pollard takes it to the house or something, but I, I don't think they're going to be that team that can get five and six and five, you know, they're just, they're, that's not who they are. And so, um, and their receivers are, you know, they're good, but they're not great at separating. And I think T.Y. Hilton certainly helps with that. Uh, and, but I think Dak's going to have to play hero ball. And that's, I have great faith that he'll do well. But it's a, it's a very delicate equation. It's a very delicate equation, which is why we need Green Bay to beat San Francisco. Because I'm not sure how many times they can go on, you know, on the road against a, against a really good team and, and survive by that. Um, I will say that the defense, even though the pass rush has kind of become non-existent is probably an overstatement but it's, it's certainly f- become a lot more translucent you know you, they're not as they're not as solid as they were um the, that they've still managed to continue to get takeaways and i think that Dak can continue to play that aggressively if he knows his defense is going to get a couple because you're not going to be way behind in the turnover count uh and so Hey, if the Cowboys can continue, even if they're not, even if their pass rush isn't great, if they can continue to get a couple turnovers a game, they have a chance. They have a chance. I mean, they really do. Uh, and their defensive backs have been, you know, they haven't been amazing in coverage, but they've been awfully good at fighting for the ball. And they've been awfully good at, at um, you know, taking, getting takeaways in contested situations. Uh, that's going to have to be one of the things they're going to do if they're going to, if they're going to, you know, really make any noise in the playoffs. And I think that's because they're, pass rush just isn't what it was so so what's do you have a thesis about that here i have a yeah i mean i i looked at that in closer a, a couple of weeks ago 
and you know there are there are a few factors that came into into play with there and i think that one of the easy, the obvious ones is they've just they're playing some tougher opponents and tougher uh, offensive mm-hmm. lines and which is which is not good because that's what's that's what's on the docket come playoff time you're going to see mm-hmm. you're going to see San Francisco you're going to see Philly with one of the best lines in the in the in the league and uh, so that's that's part of it uh, another part of it is just you know they're they're not running their stunts as much because you know they're they're just protecting against the run. That's first they've made that a priority. McCarthy said it, and it shows. You know they're they're being a little bit more like protecting the edges, and that comes at the price of not being able to just go full speed with your pass rush is what they're trying to do. But to me, another thing that I th- think has to happen is they really have to to earn the pass rush reps, which means they have to have early down success, and they needed. Do that. You know, we're going to get Jonathan Hankins back. We're going to get Leighton Vanderish back. So, so these are these are tools that the Cowboys will have that will mm-hmm. put them at their strongest in the sense of being able to stop the run with those personnel. And then, if the Cowboys could just get themselves in more pass rushing pass rushing situations, I feel like some of it will come back. I mean, I'll, I don't think it will it will ever return to how it was. But I do. I mean, you have to. Yeah, I mean, when Demarcus Lawrence played outstanding, you know, against Tennessee, if you give Micah a little bit of a, a breather, you know, and I feel like they still have some, you know, some fierce monsters to come after. So, I, to me, I feel like it's it could still be there. You, what about you? I mean, do you, you do you feel like that they lost it, or or can it can it come back? I mean, I think some of the things you talked about are certainly important factors um, and, and will contribute to it. I think you're absolutely right that, that that they haven't played the same kind of both the level of beat up and also just the level of uh, unorganized because it was early in the season. You know, I think the, one, the other thing about that is early in the season, a good pass rushing team can, can get more um, – make more hay against offensive lines that haven't practiced together because there's just no practice time anymore. And so, you know, I think as, as offensive lines, you know, have kind of firmed up across the league, um, you know, the teams that are truly good at pass rushing have continued to be successful. And the, and the teams who took advantage of that uh, sort of disarray have, have faded a little bit. And I think the Cowboys might be one of those teams. But the other thing, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, is I still think that the Cowboys pass rush is dependent on Micah Parsons being sudden right and and so I, I you know people have cited pressure statistics and stuff like that and, and i think he's close a lot he's in the area a lot he's a hard-working dude he's got an array of pass rush moves he never takes a playoff but he's beat up and there's been a few plays the last few weeks where like a quarterback's escaped the pocket and and micah parsons in week four runs that dude down and, and it's a loss of two and micah parsons week 17 can't catch the guy you know, or is running stride for stride with him, or it takes him a while to catch him. And he's just not the same guy in terms of suddenness. And that closure, that 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 that, that extra like just that extra like sudden suddenness, acceleration at the end of a pass rush makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the it's the difference between Dorrance Armstrong and, and Von Miller. Right. And, and and right now he's he's more Dorrance Armstrong than he is Von Miller. He's you know hardworking guys. I mean he's obviously much more athletically gifted than Dorrance Armstrong, but that that sort of transcendent suddenness that the great ones have, he doesn't really have right now. And, and, and so I think he's relying on a lot of the other things that make him great. But if he's not going to be great, like 
defensive player of the year, hands down, unanimous, great. I'm not sure that this pass rush is going to be elite. I don't, I don't, I don't know that it can be. I don't think they have enough at defensive tackle. I think you're right that they're worried about getting gashed in the run and teams. If they continue to go with like their NASCAR set where they have like four defensive ends on the, on the field, teams are going to run on them. And, and they've been giving up so many big chunk plays when that happens, because um, I think that they're undersized. I think they collapse in sometimes. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of personnel limitations that they're trying to overcome and they can't overcome all of them. And so you know, a lot of that pressure they were getting up the middle early in the year on stunts and things like that, they're not getting, but part of that's because they're, they're leaving Osa and Neville Gallimore in more because teams have just been crushing them, uh, you know, in, in the run when they, when they do go to those sort of obvious, uh, you know, pass rushing uh, personnel groups. So this brings us right back to the beginning of our conversation. So let's, let's wrap this up here because I think in some ways we've gone full circle, which is, you know, we said, okay, rust versus rest. You have to go for it. Well, you have to go for it, but we've just listed about eight guys we want to have rest, right? And so obviously the best thing, we, the best case scenario is the, the Giants open up a 40 to nothing lead on the Eagles in, in the end of the first quarter. And the Cowboys do the same at the end of the first quarter against the commanders and they can rest everybody. But the likelihood is that if the giants do win that game, it's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be a fairly tight game. You know, I mean, even the, the saints really dominated the first half, but it was, it still required a sort of weird, lucky fluky interception to seal the game. And I think the giants, if they do beat the Eagles are going to win similarly. So and you can't beat the commanders by resting all of your best players. So we're, we're back here in this sort of catch 22 where the Cowboys by choking away the game against the Packers and against the Jaguars or both of them have put themselves in a situation where it's a devil's bargain. There's no right decision because there's guys who, who you rely on to cover for things that you, that you're lacking that they have to play if they're going to get the number one seed. So you either concede the number one seed and rest those guys, or you go for it and you, and, and if you don't get it, if you get it, you're fine. Cause then you have the week off. Right. But if you don't get it, then a lot of these things that we're talking about that, that they're missing or potentially new things. If a guy like CD lamb gets banged up, knock on wood or something like that. Like if you play Pollard because you have to, to beat the commanders because the giants game is still close. <laughs> and, and and then somehow you know either either the Cowboys don't win or or or, or the the Eagles do, um, you're not set yourself up to be at your best against Tampa Bay. But how can you 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 don't you don't have a choice not to. Well, it's it's a it's a really it's a brutal situation, and it's one of the Cowboys' own making because they just squandered two huge leads against inferior opponents earlier in the season. It is, and I think that's really what you, that's where the answer comes down to is. They put themselves in the situation, and you know we talked about earlier the chances because it's not just the Eagles to lose; it's San Francisco as well to get that week off. So Cowboys are going to be playing in the wild card. There they are. I mean, unless almost almost certainly. certainly. So because of that, you really need to orchestrate this game with that in mind, which means Micah just doesn't need to be playing very much. You know, you can give him some early, you know, early first half reps and stuff. But get him out of there, you know, and you know, and same thing with Pollard. Keep him limited. And honestly, I don't, I don't want to see Tyron Smith play a whole lot too. So just you have to, you have to, you have to be realistic with, with what's your, 
you're up against. Cowboys know what they're up against. Um, and, you know, and act accordingly. This shouldn't be one of the... I tell you what, if they exhaust Micah Parsons in this game, you know, and the Cowboys... I mean, they were never even close to both those things happening in their favor. That's, that's to me, that's bad coaching. So I don't think that they got to be smart about this. So that's... Well, so so let me, but let me ask, let me throw this out at you. Is it, when you rest a player, what, where's the rest happening? Yes, he's a, he's avoiding those collisions during, during the game. But also, I mean, when you rest a player, when you truly rest a guy, aren't you resting him all week? So he's not running during practice and everything. So like, it feels like if you're not if you if you're saying to yourself I don't want to play Micah Parsons a bunch of snaps, don't you have to sort of say like on, on I mean earlier in the week then we were then we we're having this conversation, we're just going to rest the dude because otherwise he's he's still using his body and he's going full tilt boogie because that's that's the kind of cat he is all week long. So what's the point? No, it's I, I mean listen, it's it's a it's a lose lose situation for the Cowboys coaching staff. Uh, it's a, it's a really, it's a really tough one. And I do not envy them trying to navigate this because if you're going to rest the guys you really need, then why not? I mean, don't you have to rest everybody? Uh, like if you're going to rest Parsons, if you're going to rest Parsons and, and Tyron Smith and, 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 uh, Pollard, you're, you know, your two most explosive and maybe even CD, you're, you're all, you know, those are all the guys who can, who can generate explosives for you. And you're going to have to rest like John, you're going to have to rest curse because he's beat up. And do you really want? Do you really want um, Diggs out there running around? And then suddenly, that, then you're basically saying we're going to try to we're going to try to beat the Commanders with the same kind of lineup that um, that uh, Tennessee ran out there against us. Yeah, well, that, that that's where it comes back to winning has become secondary. Um, you know, you don't have to you don't have to win. You don't have to win this game. You if you don't if they if the other teams don't win lose, then winning does you nothing. So. It just doesn't yeah. matter, and so I don't. That's to answer your question. That's when you just get everybody off. You know, you you get the young guys some reps, and you just play with what you can to get through this game. You know, healthy, and uh, so I mean, it's it's good. I, I I think I think they've crossed the Rubicon. I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to go for. I it. think they're going to go for it, but I think they're gonna they're gonna scoreboard watch, and they're gonna, you know, if, if, if there's a chance, they're gonna play it out, and just this is just the the, the hand they've been dealt. But if it doesn't look like it's how, like if Philly's winning convincingly, you know, San Francisco, same thing, then what's the point? And you know, there, I, I could see them, you know, taking, starting to back off. And I, I, they, they got to, you know, that I, I can definitely see that. But I guess, I guess my point is by then, like, don't you, you know, from a pure numbers standpoint, don't you want to make some of those guys inactive? Oh, that no, that's a different. Yeah, that's going to be tricky. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I mean, in some ways, yeah. Okay, so you have Micah play, and then if, and then once the scoreboard indicates that it's no longer necessary, you pull him. That's fine. But you can only you can only do that with so many guys, and there's enough guys they need to rest. That ideally, you just make those guys inactive so that you can play with your with a full roster. And so I guess this, you know, to to tease this out, we're going back to a situation in which why would they play CD? Why would they play Dak? Why would they play Zach Martin? Why would they play? Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, no, I, I think we're past that. There, there's, there. Yeah, and I think they've crossed that Rubicon, so they're going for it. But the downside of that is steep. Yeah, and so I think, I think because as we just talked about, if their offensive line doesn't perform better and their defensive line and in particular the pass rush doesn't take a step back to where they were earlier in the season, 
I don't, I don't, I don't think my confidence level against the Buccaneers is, is, is as high as I said it was earlier, because I, I think if, if you're talking about the kind of, you know, the kind of offensive line that struggled against the Tennessee and the, and the pass rush that's, that was non-existent against, you know, large, large portions of the last couple, three games, that's a very different, that's a very different story. Yeah, no, it, it'd be tricky. And I'd be curious to see how they handle that, you know, stuff, man. It's a real, it's a really interesting situation. And, and there's no, and like I said before, I said it a couple of times, uh, there's no right answer. Right. Well, another thing we don't, we won't know what's going on with I mean, Cowboys with everything that could happen. We, uh, we could be looking this time next week, previewing a game against the Buccaneers, or you know what, maybe we can just have some, a little bit of a extended winter break and just kind of talk about, you know, other things. So we, we don't know that yet because of, uh, this week's games but we what we do know is that is all we have for our show today if you haven't yet please do subscribe to the blog of the voice podcast network leave us a rating write a review wherever you get your podcast apple spotify itunes stitcher tell us what you think anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience and if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all any cowboys hot topics any who do you think should be playing where on the offensive line or you know do you get sad at this time of the football season let us know hit us up on twitter i'm at danny phantom 24 and rabs is at rabble rouser spelled r-a-b-b-l-e-r-o-u-s-r and don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week every day we got something new for you tomorrow we'll have the world's team with meg murray and paul stewart so make sure to check that out but that's all we have for today thanks for hanging out with us hope you have a great weekend stay safe stay happy stay true to the silver and blue and we will catch you later That, my friends, is the end of our little study session.